Look at the next one there. First uh, Corinthians thirteen ten says, "But when that which is perfect or complete is come, then that which is in part shall be done away." See, they didn't have the complete word of God, and so when the word of God was completed, well, then you don't need those sign gifts. The word of God is complete. You don't need anymore. There's not going to be any more scripture. It, this is all we need. And so we don't believe in extra biblical source of authority. Now, there's a lot of religions that got a lot of extra biblical sources of authority. And we call those cults. Look at the next statement. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. I want you to look at this in your Bible because there's a, a good statement here. And I, I wrote it down, but I want you to see it. And 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And where he says in verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Now you notice, God did not remove the problem. You see, as time goes on, some of us are going to have some difficulties. You can have financial difficulties and God not solve the problem. It doesn't mean God's going to always give you all the money you need to do everything you need. It doesn't mean you're always going to have good health. And one of the days you might get an illness or a sickness and find out you've got cancer or you've got this or that or you name it. And God won't heal you from it. And you may have to endure. But he says, my grace is sufficient to see you through it. Not always to deliver you from it. But sometimes God, just believe it, God will walk you through it. You're going to suffer in this lifetime. We've said this over and over again. But just to hit it one more time. Now notice the next part of the verse. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect. Now I want you to look there in your notes that I wrote down. If your strength was equal to his strength, you would not recognize his. You see, if your strength was as strong as God's, you wouldn't recognize his. You wouldn't need his. You would be able to handle it all by yourself. But God says his strength is made complete by the weakness of your strength. Because you can see and recognize God had to do this. Or I committed this to the Lord. And you learn to trust the Lord. And he'll give you the grace to keep walking through whatever the turmoil may be. Whatever the heartache may be. And there's got to be a lot of pain in life. There is a lot of grief. I made the statement the other night. And I uh, was talking to some of the missionaries. And I related to them. Even though I've been serving the Lord for say, 50 years. Everything that I've done. Has always been under stress. I'd like to say. I had no stress whatsoever. You know because the doctor will tell you. Stress isn't good for you. But stress. Was always pressure upon me. To get something done. To do something. And a lot of people don't want that stress. I feel like. God put a burden upon me. Gave me a responsibility. And I felt stressed to fulfill that responsibility. And I'd love to be able to say. I had absolutely no problems. I walked through it as a man of courage. I had faith that you wouldn't believe. And it was so easy. No, I struggled through just about everything I've done in the Christian life. But the key thing was, I always knew the Lord would walk with me through it. 
and all the stress. See, you don't need courage if there's no stress and no fear. Courage is fear that says its prayers and goes ahead. I was talking to Burbo Boudram, and he told me, he says, he's had nothing but stress since he's been in the ministry. You may think, I want to do something where there is no stress at all, no pressure upon me. No, we're always under the gun. There's always this burden. Paul talked about, I am always burdened down. And yet at the same time, he talks about rejoice in the Lord always, in the Lord. But there is the pressures of life. There was people trying to kill him. All the things that he went through, all the hardships. You read the chapter right before this chapter. And you'll see why Paul says his grace was sufficient because in spite of everything that people did, whatever they said, the cares of all the churches, he says his grace was sufficient. Grace to keep you going. Grace so that you didn't stop. God wants you to be complete. Complete means that I can rest in the Lord in spite of all the stress of the world. The fear of failure. The lack of participation from somebody else that could have maybe helped it make it a little bit easier. You got to do it anyway. So just keep doing what you're supposed to do and God will bless you because of it. Look there in your notes there to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13. The very next verse. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. A complete man, a man that's no longer a child that's tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So you learn how to trust the Lord and grow up in the Lord and speak the truth and speak the truth in love. And that you don't walk the way you did when you were a lost man. All these things are important. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 says, Whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present Every man, perfect or complete, mature in Christ Jesus. Does God want us to be mature? So that's why we look at people and we think, how can I help that person if they know Christ? How can I help them to grow stronger in the Lord? When I look at the teenagers, the college kids, I want them to grow stronger in the Lord. I look at all the people in the church. I want you to grow strong and be strong in the Lord that regardless of what the devil does, regardless of how many pressures you have, regardless of your sickness, your finances, the social problem, I don't care what the problem may be, you'll still walk with the Lord and give him credit and give him praise and be complete as a man of God ought to be. Everything may not work out to your advantage, but if it blesses God, you can bless God through anything. Does God know what we're going to face before we face them? Yes. And he allows us to face them. He doesn't always deliver us from all these things. Especially when you're living in this old world. Let the problems of life have its perfect work. I want you to see this because I, well, I got it down here. I'll show you in just a minute. Look at the next statement. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring, fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete. So I was thinking, here's the word perfect and here's the word complete. Why would he say complete, complete or perfect, perfect? Because you look up the word perfect and it will say the word complete. You look up the word complete and it's a little bit different of a word. And that's because there's something God wants us to, to know about this. 
accomplish the fulfillment of your maturity. See, God wants us to be mature. Now, complete that which maturity demands. If you're grown up in the Lord and you're mature in the Lord, do you think you're supposed to be mature in the Lord and then do nothing? Or is the purpose of maturity to complete the will of God for you? Is it just a matter of you knowing what the will of God is? Or is it doing the will of God? I think that you know. So God wants us to be perfect, complete in Him. So that we can do what God wants us to do. So it's a matter of knowing and doing the will of God. Look at the next statement. Also, I have here in the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10 says, Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Or complete that which is lacking in your faith. This is what helps us as children of God when we fellowship with one another and we share things with one another. Sometimes you can find out, you know, where they need help. And some people need special prayer. I've had some of the missionaries that have gone. And this morning we had uh, Nadine. She left. But she came into the office before she was ready to leave and she was ready to walk out of the office. I got to go and I just want to tell you goodbye and all that for her. I said, wait, 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 wait. Let's have a word of prayer. So pray for her. I wanted her to have safety. I want to thank the Lord for her being able to come and for the things that she's been able to learn. And I remember when she first came to our camp, and I've seen how the Word of God and a lot of people counseling who saw that she was lacking in a few things concerning her faith and have been able to stabilize her. Ain't that true? Y'all have seen that. And now her attitude, everything is totally different. But to watch them grow and mature in the Lord is such a, a blessing. It's a wonderful thing. I looked the other night, and lo and behold, sitting beside John John was a, a young boy. And I didn't recognize the boy, so I walked up, and next thing you know, I says, uh, do you know where you're going to go when you die? He looked at me, and he said, yeah, you told me. Remember? He was one of the guys that worked right here. I just got it. And sitting there beside, but John has him here in the service, and he's listening and learning and growing. And then we had a lady sitting back there the other night, and I failed to give the gospel as clear as I ought to. But I always know, and I'm counting on you recognizing there is a person that I don't know, and somebody ought to make sure they talk to them before they get out of here, right? One-on-one -on -one is still the best. But Peter got a hold of her. She trusted the Lord and then squalled out there in the parking lot. Just thrilled. And then Betty told me about a lady down the hall here. And I went down there and talked to her and she started crying on me. You see, some people, the gospel, it just does something to people. Don't get to the place where you get, well, it's old to you. You just take it for granted. And it doesn't work anymore. There's nothing there. It's like this man walked into a restaurant, and he, he says, is that seat saved? I says, no, but it's under conviction. A lot of people need to get under conviction, where they realize they're lost and they need to be saved. Everybody needs to be saved. I like that. I think that was pretty good. Get that. Write that down, Dan. You write that down. All right. Look there in 2 Timothy 3.17 there in your notes. 
that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. To be mature, that the scriptures, all scriptures given by inspiration of God, that God says that there's enough scripture, all that you and I need to equip a man to do the work of God. And so he means to be thoroughly furnished, fully equipped, and to do all good works. So you and I, the scriptures tells us that the word of God is sufficient. It's sufficient. To do whatever we need to do. So we're to read, study it, memorize it. And it's, it's what we need. To be complete the way God wants us to be. Now I want you to take your Bible and look in James chapter 1. The book of James in chapter 1. James chapter 1 is right after Hebrews. In James chapter 1, it makes this statement. In verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. All the different testings and trials you can go through. Why? Because they're going to do something for you. It proves to you what you don't know. There are testings that reveal to us. Problems reveal how strong you are in the Lord. Because how do you react? How do you respond when things don't go your way? I'm still working on this very, very hard. I am just, I'm okay as long as everything goes my way. And right, Dan? If it goes your way, everything's fine. But if it don't go your way, oh, now you've got an attitude problems. You've got to figure out how to make this thing work. I still remember one of the best sermons I think I've ever preached on marriage. It had to deal with, and the war began. Y'all remember that sermon? And the war began. I got more compliments on that sermon than any sermon I ever did. And it was just a simple little message about, you know, the wife comes into the living room and her husband's sitting there watching TV. And she says, "Uh, what's on TV? He says, dust. (laughs) And the war began. Something so simple, you know. But uh, there's a lot of things you're going to go through in life. And isn't it amazing? That when the Bible talks about the suffering things, it talks about warning us about there is going to be this trial of your faith. Then he talks and gives us an example, chapter 2, about Christ is the example that we're supposed to follow about this suffering business. You suffer now, glory later. God is going to reward us when we get to heaven because of all the sufferings that we've gone through. But we honored him in the midst of the suffering. Then in chapter 3, it talks about marriage. And if you want to know, well, what is suffering like? Well, get married. You'll find out. <laughs> but there's a lot of adjustments that has to be made when a man and a woman get married. And you've got to find out who's in charge. <laughs> 50% of all the wars they have, I'm in charge. No, you're not. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. No, you're not in charge. <laughs> and then there you go. Know. And so there's to be the head, and there's uh, supposed to be some wisdom. And I had a woman tell me one time, you don't expect me to obey that old man, do you? I said, well, you, you decided to marry him, didn't you? Why did you marry him? Well, they think they can, well, I, I'll change him after we get married. And then they try, and then it doesn't work, or, you know, all kinds of things. But it's a time of suffering. It's additional problem. There is enough natural problems when a man is single. But when he gets married, he has a few more. 
And if he has kids, he gets some more. And if you get some grandkids, everything is forgiven. Everything is wonderful. That's all right. And you move right along. Then in the next chapter, it also talks about government. How to deal with government. Because you're going to suffer with government. You're going to suffer at home. You're going to suffer all these things. And you suffer as an individual in chapter 4. And then he talks about the devil in chapter 5. But learn to put your confidence in the Lord and trust Him to walk you through all the problems. He's not going to solve all your problems. That's why I don't ask God to always heal everybody, because I know He's not going to. Lord, I want you to help this person to learn what they need to learn. I pray that they'll draw closer to you. I pray that you'll give them the strength and the grace that they need. But it's not always to remove the problem. So keep that in mind. There's nothing wrong in asking them you know, that they can get well and heal and have the money to meet and all those things like that. But God may have a higher purpose that we don't know about. And you may have to accept that. Now notice what it says in verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing or lacking nothing. In other words, it makes you complete. In other words, let the perfect work produce the completeness that you need. So this is why you have to go through life and you're going to be tried and let that trial accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. Let me show you this one. The next one is 1 Peter chapter 5 and go to it again because that's really where we are. In 1 Peter chapter 5. You know that the devil is alive and well on planet earth. You know he wants to ruin our lives, our testimonies. And so you've got all these things that naturally happen to you. But always remember, the devil is the one who offers the cheese. There's something inside of us that likes cheese. So the devil offers us the cheese. In other words, this whatever it is to lure us away. The little trinkets of life and so forth that gets all these things. Let me give you a good example. You take a man like Donald Trump. Have you ever noticed that sometimes he has such good substance and then it's like he has a little piece of cheese that can lead and go astray and he'll chase that little piece of cheese and he gets in trouble with it instead of just staying with the, the bulk of the stuff, the real good meaty stuff. He chases a little piece of cheese. But here in first Peter, notice what he says in verse eight. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's one of the problems you're going to have in life. There's a devil on your trail. There's a lion after you, a lion, a real lion chasing you down. And that lion is the devil. You see, the problem is, is he can see you, but you can't see him. Now, the Lord tells you that he's there, and you're to walk circumspectly, always looking, expecting the devil to get you at any time. And he lays some traps for you, trying to deceive you, lying to you, get you off track, get you worried. He's busy. He works. And to devour you. In verse 9, whom resist, whom resist, get the steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. They're going through the same thing. Just about everybody faces sooner or later the same thing. 
Every one of us in this room, the older we get, we know that we're running out of those good days and those good years. We're getting closer and closer and closer. And we just wonder, I wonder who's next. I said something one day to my younger sister. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. But I did enjoy saying it. But I shouldn't have said it. When my mama passed away, and then my sister, Net, she passed away. And then Lizzie, well, she passed away. So that's all three of the women gone. But I still got Kay, and I got Sybil. And they're both younger than me. So I told Kay, I said, see, God has taken the women first, Kay. And you're next. <laughs> uh-uh. Because <laughs> she hinged a lot on what I say and did. Because she knows her big brother is the preacher. And I shouldn't have said it, but I said it. Oh, oh. <laughs> I felt so bad afterwards. But after I got through laughing, I realized that I shouldn't have said that. Because I don't know who's going to be next. I said, okay, just understand this. Even though she's younger, I said, you're now my oldest sister. That didn't help either. That didn't, didn't help a bit. But this verse, good verse to remember. Verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. Remember, you can endure anything for a short period of time. One day at a time, just one day at a time. You can handle that. Now, you may not be able to handle months and years at a time, but one day at a time. You can trust the Lord, and he'll give you the grace you need for the day. And then when tomorrow comes, he'll give you the grace for that day and the next day for that day. And just trust the Lord and keep walking with him. And he says this, after that you have suffered a while, make you complete. Make you complete. In other words, that the troubles that you have builds you into the person God wants you to be. So, once again, if you look at the first line there in your notes, suffering is God's way of revealing our spiritual condition. How are you responding to the hardships of life? The things that you get bad news. And all of us, one of these days, are going to get a phone call. And... Uh, how are you going to respond to it? We may not know everything in advance, but we know that those days are coming. Build yourself strong in the Lord. And you just trust the Lord to walk you through it, whatever it might be. Remember, I heard a good statement. Don't tell God how big your problems are. You just tell your problems how big your God is. And a little faith will take your soul to heaven. But great faith will bring heaven to the soul. So once we trust Christ as our Savior, just putting your faith in what Christ did for us will take you to heaven. But learning how to trust the Lord and believe what God says will bring you peace, tranquility in your heart. And I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusteth in the Lord. So trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Look up here. Letting this hand represent you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God loves us. Now he hates our sin, but he loves us. But for us to pay for the sins, and we should, we committed them, is eternal separation from God in hell. 
But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you have to be perfect as righteous as the Lord. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We've all sinned. And because of sin, we can't get in. So God says you cannot save yourself. You don't go to heaven by trying to get rid of your sins and trying to do better. This end represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So what Christ did for one person, he had to do for everybody. Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. But he took all the sin of all the world and paid for it on the cross. Came back from the dead and said, the only thing I want you to do is believe that I did that for you. I am simply supposed to believe he paid for my sins. Now, why don't I have to pay for my sins? Because he paid for my sins. Why am I not going to hell? Because I don't have any sins to pay for. He paid for all my sins. That's why I'm not going to hell. That's how I know I'm going to heaven, because I know I can't go to hell. Christ died for me. It's amazing how many people hear this, but they don't get it. Salvation is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Best news in the whole wide world. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, or if you're watching by Internet, I pray that what I've said helps you to understand that God does love you. And he did something about your sin that you couldn't do. He paid for it, came back from the dead. And he did that because he loved you. He didn't want you to have to pay for them. He wants you to go to heaven. So he made it simple. He made it free. doesn't cost you anything. The only thing he wanted you to do was believe that he did it for you. And if you'll believe he did it for you, he puts that payment to your account, and you get to go to heaven on what Christ did for you. I pray that you trust the Lord tonight if you've never done so. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you have never trusted the Lord, would you do it right now? I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense, and I'd like to have prayer for you. Is there anyone at all before we close? If you're watching by Internet, right on the screen, it says, Yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. If you've never done so, do it right now. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for all you've done for us. And Father, help us to understand that we're to trust you, even when we can't see you and we don't understand why. And we'll go through a lot of things in this life that you may not heal our bodies. You may not give us all the finances we want. We may suffer in this life. We may have to do without. We may be defrauded by friends. We can be rejected and we can be hurt and people can treat us in a cruel way. But, Father, you said first the suffering and then the glory. And that the trial of our faith is more precious than gold and silver. So we ask now your blessings upon each one here. And especially those that may be watching by Internet that's never understood, never trusted your Savior. I pray that they would. So bless us. Give us a good week. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.